Hey, this is Mike Morgan. Today we're reading from Luke chapter 9, verses 46 through 50. Then his disciples began arguing about which of them was the greatest. But Jesus knew their thoughts, so he brought a little child to his side. Then he said to them, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me also welcomes my Father who sent me. Whoever is the least among you is the greatest. John said to Jesus, Master, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he isn't in our group. But Jesus said, Don't stop him. Anyone who is not against you is for you. Well, this passage of Scripture, in a lot of ways, I think it speaks for itself. We can read the, the main points and, and realize what we're, we're supposed to glean from here. But I think there's a couple things we could do to maybe take it a step further, or maybe look at it from a different perspective. First, this passage follows a, a, a place where Jesus just healed a demon-possessed boy. And then right after that begins to describe his own death. And immediately following that, the disciples have this conversation. Which one of us is the best? (laughs) I think it's kind of amusing. Like Jesus is probably going, wow, guys, wow. Did you not just see what happened? Did you not just hear what I said? (laughs) They're like, which one of us is awesome? (laughs) And Jesus, it says that he knows what they're thinking, what they're talking about without even hearing it. And so he has a great demonstration of this child coming up and describing that whoever is the least, they're actually the greatest. I think we get that and we see that picture of a child. We, In our day and age, we view children as uh, such an innocent, faith-filled believer. It's, It's something we aspire to, to have a childlike faith, right? And, and we have all these, these great um, protection of kids and child safety laws and all these um, things, which are awesome. But we should probably understand that for the disciples in their day, as I kind of researched their culture, that was much different for them to see a child stand there and Jesus say, you got to become like a child. Um, that was much different. They, children in those days were a lot like servants. They weren't held in high regard. I'm sure they loved their kids, but they just didn't treat them the same as we do today. And they had a different role in society. And so I kind of wondered for you and for me, what, who are the people that we might view as less than in our own society? I think if we're honest, a lot of us have prejudice against different types of people that are probably different than we are, maybe a lot different than we are. And those aren't right, and I think we can admit that. Maybe there's just some that you just view like, oh, they're just, they're just on a lower scale than everyone else. And it can be vulnerable to think through that. But I challenge you right now just to even invite God to point out in your heart where um, you might view people as less than you. Maybe it's someone in a, uh, a different socioeconomic uh, status group than you. Maybe it's somebody who has a different lifestyle than you. Maybe it's somebody who's just a lot different and does things differently, but it's easy for you to think that they're not different, they're wrong. I know that's hard to ask that question. Um, but I think there's a point there that who would Jesus 
welcome right to his right side, put his arm around and go, this person that you view as the least, they are the greatest. Whoever becomes the least, that's who's the greatest. You know, how, God, how would God be speaking to you through that picture if we look at that? I love that Jesus, he, he flips it over and he, he gives us something that's a paradox in our mind, something opposite of what we would view. If I want to be great, I got to become the least and then I'm great. You know, that's just confusing. But it's a beautiful picture of the kingdom of God, the perfect kingdom of God, because we live in a broken world where our logic, which is obviously the greatest is the greatest and the least is the least, it's led us to brokenness and sin and pain. And God's come to redeem that, to make things right, and to paint a picture of what the kingdom looks like. Now, the second part where um, the disciples, I can't even tell when they say, hey, Jesus, guess what we did? We told this guy who was healing a, a demon-possessed person in Jesus' name, we told him to stop. I'm kind of wondering, like, was that their like declaration of like pride? Like, yeah, guess what we did? You're going to be proud of us. Or was it sort of a confession of, you know, uh, I, I hate to break it to you, Jesus, but I just wanted to tell you this guy did this and we, we told him to stop. <laughs> I don't know what the the way they said that was, but... Jesus' response was very clear. Don't stop them. They're not against us. They're for us. You know, the the word that stuck out to me is the, the disciples said to him, they weren't in our group. They weren't in our club. <laughs> it's easy to think, oh, they're not, they're not in the inward group. And again, I think right following this passage where who's the greatest, you got to become the least. Again, the disciples have a tendency to go, oh, we're on the in crowd. We're great. And Jesus again is saying, whoa, this isn't about you. It's not about this exclusive group. But if they're healing people in Jesus' name, Jesus is at the center of that and he's a part of us and we're a part of them. Now let's take a full step back at the whole passage if we can, and just see that this immaturity of the disciples, really, if we're being honest, it's a lot of times where we've been at, and we'd rather forget. But I love that Luke included in this gospel, and and the other gospel writers do too, not just the success of the disciples, not just the great miracles of Jesus, but those conversations along the way that you'd rather just forget. (laughs) That looking back, you go, I said that? Ugh. The disciples probably thought could look back and go, wow, that was pretty immature. But I think that's a beautiful picture that to follow Jesus, it's a, it's a path toward growth and maturity. It's not an instant, night and day, next day, completely mature, but it's a, it's a progression that we're on. And Jesus has a lot of patience and gentleness as he leads them down that path of maturity and growth. It's about following him, and that's a journey. And so for you, I hope that this speaks a little bit of hope into you, that those days where you fail, where you you maybe those prejudices kind of bleed out, or you have a tendency to exclude people so that you feel safe in your group, maybe when you feel like you failed, that this passage would remind you that there's hope 
that Jesus is working on your heart, in your heart, in your life, and you are being changed and transformed. And continue to surrender yourself just like a child. Say, I need to become the least. And God then will lift you up. We read in Proverbs and James and in 1 Peter the same passage, the same message. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. When we become the least, God gives us grace and lifts us up and carries us in that journey. That's hopeful for me. I know I need that reminder. Plenty of things that I'd rather just forget. The great thing is God's been with me on the whole journey with patience in his gentle hand, transforming me. So what would God be saying to you today? And what are you going to do about what he's saying? Would you pray with me? God, I thank you. I thank you that you don't give up on us, that you see us exactly for who we are, You know every deep, dark, secret corner of our heart that we'd rather forget, we try to hide, we try to cover up. You know it all, and you love us anyway. And you've forgiven our sins. You've covered those up. You've removed them and given us freedom to live for you. And so, God, we we thank you and ask for your continued grace to pour into our hearts and our lives and, and I thank you for the picture, the great picture of who you are, because it helps remind me, helps remind us that we, uh, we are low, but your love is so great for us. So thank you. I pray for today that each person um, hearing this would, would experience that grace and have hope for the journey that they're on, that you're leading us and that you're guiding us. Thank you, Lord. You are faithful. And the work you're doing in us, you are faithful to bring that to completion. So we embrace the journey, God. To you be the glory, the honor, and the praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great day.